Man, what a great way to launch into our brand new series called Hero Maker. We're thrilled that you're here. And I want to say a special welcome to our honored guests who've come all the way from China to spend the next two weeks uh, with us. I just want to say we are thrilled that you're here and we hope you feel God's great love for you today. So thank you for coming. I want to encourage all of you to open up your program and pull out the outline for today's message. All the verses from the Bible that we're looking at are printed there for you. And there's a place to take some notes if that is helpful for you. And, and I want to start off our series on Hero Maker by asking you a very important question. Who is the greatest hero of all time? Like, who's your favorite hero? Like, for some of you, it's Superman. Maybe Batman or Iron Man or, or the Hulk or Spider-Man you, or Thor. There you go. You, you may be surprised, but do you know that my all-time favorite superhero is Wonder Woman? I mean, if you're not familiar with Wonder Woman, I actually brought a picture of Wonder Woman. <laughs> my wife Karen, when she was in college, she had a job uh, doing singing telegrams. And we were dating long distance, and she mailed me this picture, and that's when I knew she's the one. I'm going to marry Wonder Woman. And so here we are 29 years later, and I want to say she didn't do too bad either, because uh, she got uh, Superman, right? <laughs> so so kind of launching it. How about a little, like a little superhero quiz for you? A few like superhero questions. Like, here's my question for you about, about Batman. What do you call it when Batman skips church? Christian Bale. Christian, you know. Or, 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 or how about this one? How about this one? What do you call Iron Man? What do you call Iron Man without his suit? Stark naked. Stark. Yeah. Okay, I, okay, one more. Really good one, though. This, you're going to love this one. How do, what does Superman use to eat his cereal? A Super Bowl. Uh, come on, I made that one up myself, and now you're going, now I need a hero to save me from these really bad jokes. Well, friends, in our series, Hero Maker, I want you to think with me for a moment, how is it that most of the comic book and action movie characters, how do they actually become heroes? You see, most of them, their story is they were ordinary, everyday, flawed people, who had something extraordinary happen to them. Let me say it again. Most of the superheroes were ordinary, everyday, flawed people who had something extraordinary happen to them, and as a result, they were given superpowers where they could fly or fight or turn into flames or, or shoot webs or run faster than a speeding locomotive or leap over tall buildings in a single bound. But it wasn't just their superpowers that made them superheroes. It's how they used their powers to help people, to fight evil, to save the world. And with that understanding, we're kicking off this new series. Because, friends, I want to remind you that God calls us ordinary, everyday, flawed people. Because he's done something extraordinary in our lives. Like he's forgiven us and saved us and given us eternal life. Like he's invaded our hearts with the power of his Holy Spirit. And he's calling us to live heroic lives using his power to help others fight evil and join him in his mission to save the world. 
But for that to happen, friends, the starting point is you want to start with having absolute clarity on who the ultimate superhero, not just of all time, but the ultimate superhero of your life really is. And so on your outline, I want to start out by giving you a great definition of a superhero. See, a superhero defined is defined this way, a heroic character usually possessing supernatural powers who is dedicated to fighting evil, protecting the public, and usually battling supervillains. Now, I want you to look very carefully at this definition because, friends, I want to use this definition as a foundation for making my case because I want to present a case to you today that Jesus Christ is the absolute all-time ultimate superhero ever. And here's why. Not only did he do all these things, but friends, he's a superhero because he's real. He's real. I mean, I want you to understand, Jesus Christ is God's son who came to this earth and he really lived. And he really died and he really resurrected from the dead. And friends, he's alive today. And he's alive in this place. I I love how the Reverend Billy Graham says it on your outline when he says children need to understand that Jesus performed miracles that transformed people's lives. He didn't come to entertain mankind. He's not a cape crusader. He's the crucified Christ. He's not make-believe. He's master. He's not a legend. He is Lord. And I want to ask you, what is, what is it exactly that makes Jesus Christ the ultimate su- superhero? Well, I want you to consider, my friends, that Jesus Christ actually left the glories of heaven, had a miraculous birth in a manger in Bethlehem. That's why we celebrate the first Christmas. He had a mar- miraculous birth. He grew up, lived a perfect, sinless life where he preached God's messages, performed mighty miracles, he stood up against religious hypocrisy, and then he promised that anyone who would follow him, he promised to forgive their sins and give them eternal life. And then he died a horrendous death on the cross, and then finally he resurrected from the dead, proving, backing up his claim that he was the living son of God. And friends, because, all, because of all of that, not just because I say it, but because all of that, God bestowed on him the title of ultimate superhero. And we see that in the Bible. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, this is what it says. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And friends, I don't know about you, but when I think of all that Jesus Christ did to save me and to save the world, I humbly bow my knee and I declare that Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my ultimate superhero. And this morning, I want to do the very best I can to convince you to claim Jesus as your ultimate superhero. And here's why. On your outline, would you write this down? Jesus is the ultimate superhero because, number one, because of his supreme power. His supreme power. Did you know that one time Time Magazine 
a secular magazine once declared this. They wrote, it would require much exotic calculation to deny that the single most powerful figure, not merely in these two millenniums, but in all of human history, has been Jesus of Nazareth. They went on to say in this cover story that no other person has made a bigger mark on history or had a more powerful impact on the world than this one man, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to tell you this morning, loud and clear, that Jesus' power was way more than just influence. I mean, he actually displayed power of superhero proportions. On your outline, I think Jeremiah 32, 17 declares it this way when it says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing, nothing is too hard for you. Now, on your outline, I, I just listed a few of the ways that Jesus displayed his superhero powers, like the miracles he performed. Do you see it on the bottom of your outline? I mean, check this out. He walked on water, calmed the storm, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. He healed the sick. Like one time in Luke chapter 8, many of us have been doing our daily devotions as a church. We've been reading through the book of Luke together and doing our soaps. Well, do you remember this story in Luke chapter 8? There was this woman. She'd been sick for over 12 years, and no one could help her. No one could heal her. I mean, she tried everything. And then finally, out of desperation, she hears of this one man, Jesus. And she thinks, well, well, well maybe, just maybe if I can get to him, maybe, maybe if I can reach him, maybe if I just ch touch the fringe of his garment. And friends, Jesus' power was so strong, she just touched the edge of his robe. And man, she got healed and she got her life back. And then this is what Jesus said to her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. See, Jesus had the power to heal the sick, but not only that, look at his other miracles. He cleansed the lepers, he fed the 5,000, he turned water into wine, he raised the dead, he cast out demons. There's another story in Luke 8. There is this man who is so demon-possessed. I mean, he lived with this tormented mind and he was out of control. No one can help him. He's just running wild. And he runs right into Jesus. And Jesus casts out all his demons. And he turns his chaos into calm. And he gives him his mind back. Total sanity. Man, it was, it was this, this, this incredible miracle. And do you understand, Jesus always did his miracles to help people in need but also to prove to everyone that he was God's son. In fact, look what Jesus said about himself in John 14, 11. He said, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on what? The evidence of the miracles. The evidence of the miracles. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, those miracles in the Bible, how can I know that they really happened so long ago? Is there any other evidence? Well, I would say you're looking at the evidence right here. I stand before you 
with a changed life, changed by the miraculous power of Jesus. Like he healed the incredible hurt I had in my life of growing up in a broken home. Like he cast out the demons of, of anger and substance abuse I had, and he's made me totally clean for, for my whole adult life. Not only that, he's opened my eyes from blindness to, to now I can see God clearly, and I can see myself with renewed vision. See, Jesus is my ultimate superhero, number one, because of his supreme power, but then let's add to it, number two, because of his supreme goodness his supreme goodness and this is key because just just having power doesn't make you a superhero it's what you do with that power we see people in superhero movies all the time who have great power but they use their power with selfish motives they end up hurting others so for their own personal gain and you know what we call those people devils and and villains and evildoers and and politicians and okay i'm in trouble right now i just this little joke people see true superheroes are the one who put aside their own wants and needs and they use their power to glorify god and help others i think superman said it well when he said there is a right and a wrong in the universe and the distinction is not that hard to make Do you know Jesus made that distinction in John chapter 10, verse 10, when he said this? He said, the thief, and he's referring to the ultimate villain, to Satan, the devil, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Then he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, Jesus said, I didn't come to use or abuse you. I didn't come to hurt you, but to help you have a full and meaningful life here's the thing that makes jesus such an amazing superhero do you know jesus had this godly ability to balance his awesome power with great compassion in fact this is what we know about jesus from matthew 9 36 says when he jesus when he saw the crowds he had what he had compassion on them Friends, can I remind you that when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't look at you with eyes of anger or judgment. He's not trying to tear you. He loves you. He cares about your life. He looks at you with eyes of compassion because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Do you see what makes Jesus stand head and shoulders above all the other superheroes, even the fictional ones, is he displayed perfect supreme goodness and what i mean by that friends is he never slipped he never sinned he never allowed selfishness to stop him from using his power the right way to glorify god and help others here's what i'm getting at you know even our favorite superheroes they all had their sins and screw-ups right they all had their struggles I mean, Iron Man, he's, he's, he struggled with pride issues. We, we look at the Hulk, he had anger issues, right? Even Spider-Man had times where he gave in to selfishness and, and insecurity. What I want you to see is even the best superheroes. Kind of makes me think of the story where three guys, they were up at a, in a bar on the top of the Empire State Building. 
and they had a little too much to drink, and somehow they stumbled out on the roof of the Empire State Building. And the first drunk says, hey, maybe you didn't know this, but the wind in New York is so powerful, I could jump off this building, and the wind would just blow me right back up to the top. And the second drunk said, dude, you're crazy. That could never happen. First drunk says, oh, yeah, watch me. And he just jumps off the Empire State Building. And he's falling, falling, and all of a sudden you could hear the wind. It's just like, blows him right back up to the ledge. Second drunk says, oh, oh, man, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That is awesome. I have to try it. And he jumps off. He's falling and falling, but no wind, just splat. First, first drunk kind of smiles, laughs a little bit. The third drunk looks in and says, Superman, when you've been drinking, you turn into a jerk. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> well, hey, I tell that silly story to just highlight, to highlight even our idolized superheroes. Sometimes they did stupid things, said stupid things, gave into their darker side. But can I tell you this? What makes Jesus the ultimate is he never compromised and gave into sin or selfishness. He lived with supreme goodness, perfect integrity, and he never sinned. I want you to think about it. If I ever stood before you and I claimed to be the perfect pastor, man, in a matter of minutes, my wife, my kids, my friends, many of you can come and just in a matter of minutes give a list of my sins and screw-ups a mile long. In minutes. Well, friends, can I help you? Jesus, the ultimate hero, man, he lived a perfect sinless life, so much so that I'm not talking about his friends and supporters. In front of his critics and enemies, in John 8, 46, Jesus said this, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? And the Bible says that his accusers just stood there in total silence. I mean, they would have loved to point out uh, any kind of evil or sin in his life, and they couldn't. And they watched him closely for three years. Friends, you understand, Jesus lived a perfect life of goodness without sin here on this earth. That's why Hebrews 4.15 tells us this about our hero Jesus when it says this. Our religious leader understands how weak we are, meaning he has compassion for us. Christ was tempted in every way, way we are tempted, but what? He did not sin. Can I tell you why this matters so much? Because Jesus had supreme power and supreme goodness, he's the only one who could do the third thing on your outline. He's the only one capable of making the supreme sacrifice. His supreme sacrifice. Do you know one of my favorite comic book pictures of Jesus is when he's surrounded by all these superheroes and he says this, and that's how I saved the world. Isn't that good, friends? And I want you to think about all the superhero movies. They all come down to the same thing, right? Some evil villain is out to destroy the world. And the superheroes, like if they don't show up, everyone's going to die. 
but the superheroes show up in the last minute and they save the day and everyone gets to live, right? That's like every superhero movie you've ever seen. Well, can I, can I tell you, friends, that kind of echoes the real story of what he did when Jesus showed up to save our lives and save the world. And you may wonder, well, how did he do it? See, the Bible tells us that our sins separated us from God. And the result is it led to the penalty of spiritual and eternal death. And yet God loved you so much, he did not want you to die. So he sent his son to come and live a perfect sinless life and then die in your place on the cross. And when Jesus hung on the cross between heaven and earth, he became the bridge. He became the way of salvation that brings us back to life with God. I love how 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 explains it this way. It says, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Do you know that every person has a defining moment in their life? Every person has those moments that are so profound, so powerful, they never forget them. And they never should forget them. I've had them, you've had them. This young girl named Lisa, she had a defining moment. It came to her when she was a teenager in a hospital. See, they found out when Lisa was a young teenager, she, she, she had a very serious blood disease. And the only way for her to be cured was she needed a blood transfusion with someone who was a perfect match. And they went through all her family, and the only one who was the perfect match was her little brother, Michael. So the doctor asked Michael, Michael, would you be willing to give your blood to help save your sister's life? And Michael, this little boy, thought about it for a second, and he's kind of scared, but he said, if it will save Lisa, I'll, I'll do it. And so they bring them both into the same hospital room. They put them in beds right next to each other. They, they put up the tubes for the blood transfusion. And in a matter of minutes, like Lisa, like some of her colors coming back and some of her, her strengths coming back, and in a matter of just like two hours, she starts feeling better. And the doctor goes over to little Michael's bed and he says, hey, son, you did it. Your blood saved Lisa's life. And he smiled and then with a very nervous look on his face, he said this. He said, well, I start to die right away. Lisa said, what? And he said, well, I start to die right away. And somehow he misunderstood the doctor and he, he thought he was gonna have to give Lisa like all his blood. And for Lisa, that became a defining, unforgettable moment. Because in that moment, she realized her little brother loved her enough to die for her. Like little Michael was willing to die to save his sister. Well, do you know as Christians, we have a defining moment, an unforgettable moment when we come to understand, man, Jesus loved me so much that he really did die for me. He really did give all, all his blood for me so that I could be saved. 
And we have a way as Christians to celebrate that moment so that we will never forget. And how we do that is with something we call communion. Communion is where we share the Lord's Supper and we remember his supreme sacrifice with bread that represents his body that, that was broken for us, with, with the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us. And by taking that together, we declare that Jesus is our ultimate superhero. So here's what we're going to do to celebrate communion right now. I'm going to ask all the ushers to come forward and stand in the front. And they are going to pass out the elements of communion. Now, let me just say how they're, sta they're kind of double cupped with the juice on top and bread underneath. So if you're a Christian and you're taking communion today, just take the elements and hang on to those and take a moment to just remember what Jesus did on your behalf. Now, I want to say if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I'm going to ask you to just simply let the elements pass you by but I'm going to ask our keyboardist to begin to play the famous hymn called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And if you're not a Christian today, I want to say, God, you're not here by accident. God brought you here to hear this message. And I want you to watch this moment very closely because all around you, there are ordinary, everyday, flawed people just like you. But in taking communion, they are declaring that they have chosen to follow Jesus because of his ultimate power, his supreme goodness, and his great sacrifice. By taking communion, they are declaring to themselves and to you that Jesus is their ultimate superhero. So guys, I want to share with you that as you look at these elements, nothing mystical and magical about them. I mean, this is just a little cracker, to be honest. This is grape juice. I think it's Welch's, but I'm not sure. What makes these elements so special is what they symbolize, what they represent. See, this little piece of bread and this juice, it helps us remember the ultimate sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're taking communion today, I want to invite you to stand with you now, to stand with me now, as we remember the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 22, verses 19 and 20. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. You may be seated. Well, guys, I want to wrap up my message by just sharing one more thing to you about our ultimate hero, Jesus Christ. Because he's not only the supreme hero, but he's the ultimate hero maker. In fact, look at the words of Jesus from John 14, 12, where he said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Do you understand that when you commit your life to follow Jesus as your ultimate hero, 
He not only forgives your sins and gives you the gift of eternal life, but he starts to grow you and change you. And, and, and he lives in your life where he brings his great power and, and goodness to guide you. And, and he leads you to live a life of sacrifice so that we can participate in God's mission to save the world. Like he turns your life into a hero maker. And here's the cool thing, like, like I was thinking we have some special guests from China with us. And I was thinking about how in China, when someone commits to follow Jesus, how they celebrate that moment is they say, now as a Christian, Jesus lives in you, which means Jesus now has two new eyes to see with, two new ears to listen with, two new hands to help people with, and a new heart to love others with the love of God. That's the idea of being, becoming a hero maker. Now, if that's a little overwhelming to you, if you're like, man, I don't know about like trying to be a hero for God, what's that all about? Let me just say two things to you. First, I want to remind you of the words that Uncle Ben said to Peter Parker, you know, AKA Spider-Man. What did he say? With great power comes what? Great responsibility. See, God has given us such a great gift of his goodness and grace and power, but we have a responsibility to use that to show God's love to the world. Secondly, I want to say to you, if you're not sure about this whole hero maker thing, I just want to say, tune in next week as we talk about how he can take your life and use it to impact the world. Let's pray together. Father, uh, you're so good to us. You're such a great God, a wonderful king, and a loving father. And we look to you now as our ultimate hero, Jesus. And we ask for your power to help us in our times of need. We ask you for your supreme goodness to guide us to make the right decisions in life. And we trust in your sacrifice to save our souls and to restore our relationship with God. Thank you for being such a great hero and changing our lives for Jesus' sake, for it's in his name we pray, amen.